house. We're trying to break ourselves of ice cream. <laughs> and you know, it's I'm not, medicine, Laura. You I'm, were sick. I'm not even. Um, I thought we were going to talk about dog stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think that, like I'm back from COVID. It was like an event. It really was because you know, here you are. You're sick. You're sick. You test negative. You keep getting worse. Everybody in your family sick, and then finally you test positive, and you know. And then you go, oh my God, I need ice cream. Yeah. Well, no, this the only was, cure for that this is This was ice the cream. deal. So I'm talking to Carly, my daughter's a nurse, and I'm telling her my epiglottis is swelling. So what would happen to me is my epiglottis would swell, and then I'd try to lay down. Well, you know, when you lay down, it like hits, and it Jessica would cut, had the same thing. It would cut off my air, so I would have to prop myself up, and you know. Snot's pouring. You're trying to breathe and all. So I'm exhausted. And so Carly's like saying, go to Wendy's and get a Frosty and try to get that cold going down. And I'm not driving anywhere. It's like trying to put an ice pack on it. you know. Or you can just eat ice cream. So then I get the brilliant idea because I'm like the queen of DoorDash. Uh And I get on there and I'm like, cold stone creamer, you know, where they like mix all your stuff. And and we kind of addicted to cold stone creamer. It's good. I can see that happening. Yeah. And, and we're like ordering all this stuff. And for me, Danny was like eating the whole thing. Well, me, you know how I eat How do they bring it? Like in a cord or a... However you want it. There's like five different so ways I'm so glad I don't live it. down there. You can get a well, gallon. You, it's not like you can get it on a cone or anything. It's going to melt. Well, it had all different waffle bowls in a carton. Ooh, do you bowl. want extra stuff? They got, like the, they got get a waffle bowl out. and it's not like melted so by the time you get it? We start getting this. Probably in, separate. And I'm like have like six bites. That would make sense. And that's all I need. I'm fine. Oh, no. Danny's got to eat the whole thing. Y'all know him. He's going to, like, eat the whole thing. So every day, you know, we're eating ice cream, which, you know, that's not like me. I turn ice cream down all the time. Well, last night was the first night we had no ice cream. I looked at Danny. and Heart starts racing. We're out of medicine. I kind of wish I had a bite of ice cream. Well, Jessica's homesick with COVID, so I just door dashed her six things. Like, I did to her what I would want if I'm sick. Yes. And it makes her very happy. And because I know what it feels like to have your throat so sore and you're in your bed and you're with snot. It, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. And so once I did that to her and I told Danny, I said, oh, guess what? I can get some too. We only have cold stone, but we can get marble slab. We haven't tried marble slab. And then I just think to myself, have a, a you know, a tiny bit of self control. Just a tiny mm. bit. And Wait, so- I, I don't get so Like, <laughs> You ordered cold, uh, cold stone for Jess. Yeah, six things. But that made it. her think. What about us? I could get well, some no, too. Um, why, why couldn't you just order your cold stone? You have to get something different. Or... Oh no, I was just trying to not have ice cream because I don't. I don't need. I need to lose weight. I don't need to be eating ice cream every. But time. you got ice cream. Is, is marble slab different? No, but I just wanted to oh. try it too. Or, See, the, they thought that maybe before they stop eating ice cream, we should try this other place yeah. too. I was wondering so if we she's. Could say that we have. I was wondering if she's worried about Cold Stone being like Laura ordered twice today. Wow, I'm like judging you. Well, no, let, let, <laughs> she's got some ice cream. Let me tell you, this is how bad it was. You know, so we, we were so grateful that we had a lot of people that were. You know, can I bring you some? Can I? Well, we were so sick. The only thing we were eating were chicken noodle soup. Well, we ran the store in Plano, the Chick Fil A, out of chicken noodle soup. How do you the know? Door- how do you know that was you? Well, though? because the DoorDasher called and he goes, "Hey, <laughs> hey they won't sell off, to you lady. anymore. They have <laughs> only got two chicken noodles. Will you take a tortilla?" I'm like, "Yeah, we'll take a tortilla." <laughs> 
And so we would order like six at a time, and we were eating it like lunch and dinner. That's all we ate for like literally. All right, five we need days. another gallon of soup. Noodle soups. It would say Laura G. How many Laura G's are ordering six chicken Take noodles? Noodle soups. And so then when I ran the Plano store out, our friend, you know, Ann Durbin owns another Chick Fil A. And I said, Ann, I texted her. I said, Look. They've had a run on chicken noodle soup in Plano. And she said, you know what? Maybe I can send you some. You can sell it and make some money. Oh, gosh. So we, we were. The black market for I chicken was, noodle soup. I just like wanted fluids. So I would order like two diet lemonades, a diet Coke. I had a Topa Chico. So like my whole like medicine table had all my medicines and then like all these drinks. And. And so then I would be real sweet and order Danny two cookies and cream milkshakes. <laughs> I saw that picture of him chugging his milkshake. And then you saw those him. little chihuahuas was, begging for a tiny well, bite. So got got no milkshake, that I bet. one up on him was puppy pu- puppy, but we call her pup 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 pup. Her name's puppy puppy, but we oh pup pup. So pup pup was up there, you know. Want some that, of that poor little chihuahua looking so but sad. But now they're really sad because I was home for two weeks. And so what happens is in the morning after Danny has his coffee, you know, they all go to the back for party in the potty. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What? So Danny has his coffee and he reads his news and has his devotional. And then he says, devotional? okay, What is devotional? that? I have so many questions right now. <laughs> so, so he what does call, that mean? He calls are you ready? Let's go, girls. And so they all get down like a bunch of little ants and off to the back of the hole. In our bathroom, every chihuahua has their own bed and blankie. So sometimes I can't even get to my In sink. the bathroom, they in have In the bathroom. That. So he puts Because the, there's party in the party. Party in, in the, the potty. potty. Party in the potty. And so they all stay in there <laughs> through the shower. And so what would happen is when I was- It's an event. It's Why a, don't I have any pictures of this? It's a two-hour event. It can take a, till 10 in the morning. Are so, snacks involved for the before the? No, no, no. He, he gave those up. Yep. There used to be the pepperoni yeah. that would happen before. Uh-huh. So I would be in the living room, and normally when they come out of party in the potty, the house is empty and it's a sad event. Well, they got used to all of a sudden running into the living room, and there I was with blankets. Well, that just like sent them straight over the edge. <laughs> they were like wiggling, you know, their whole back ends are wiggling, and they're. Ah. And so yesterday when... Because now it's sick mommy on the couch. Yes. Yeah. And so yesterday they party. ran in there. It was the first time. And I wasn't there. <laughs> and so when I got home last night, everybody was just about to twist themselves, you know, in half. So it's a terrible thing. And I told them it's all your dad's fault. He makes me go to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need a picture of the bathroom with their beds in it. I'll send that because it mm. takes up the whole floor. And I'm going to Photoshop it with party in the potty and we're going to post it on the page. <laughs> he never... He as if I would not do the that. The bed's in front of his sink. But if I go in there. He puts them in front of your sink? Yes. So I have to like move. And sometimes you could trip and fall down in the night if you have to go to the bathroom in the night because you got to get past those beds to get to the toilet. Oh, my God. And if I take up any blanket and not there's not a blanket for each bed, or maybe I only put three beds in there instead of one for every single dog, Danny won't be having it. Because they're this big. And How, can't barely, they all share a bed? They could. They could, but they won't. But yeah, they won't. I would just have one big bed, and you guys pile on each other. I mean, They're this big. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> I'm weird. I like, you know, having a bathroom. <laughs> and not a party in the potty. They party have, in the potty. They've got Danny so trained. We have an ottoman where all the beds are. 
Well, special, the smallest one, only wants to sit in the bed that's closest to Danny. So if anybody gets in the bed that's closest to his chair, she'll stand on the edge of the ottoman and and tell him to make that dog get out get of out. the bed Fix that it. she wants in. It's, it's, it's just, we need therapy. Let me ask there. you a question. We need like a reality How show. How many about... dog beds do you have in your house? In your whole house? Twelve. I have a lot. They've got four in their dog room, four in the party in the potty, and four on the sofa. And every dog. Why do they need a bed on the sofa? Why can't they just lay on the sofa with you? (laughs) As if. (laughs) I mean, they have to have the fire going, and then they get comforters. A fire. Oh yeah. These might be the most spoiled dogs I've ever heard of in my whole life. Seriously. So you know how Bob's is over here in the fluffy bed? So you lay the fluffy bed down. Then you put a blankie in. Then if it's a really cold day, you put a heavier blankie on. So then the chihuahua approaches the bed. To investigate. And then. Are there enough blankies here? You lift the bed and invite them to go in. Like this. They, and, need a, they need an invitation. Okay. I need. Well, they have to they lift. Need that covers lifting. I need way more videos of this happening at Laura's house than I have right now. So and if I don't like if I'm on the phone like answering one of you guys or somebody else, and I'm not lifting, Danny says I'm abusing them because <laughs> I'm ignoring them and not lifting when I should. And then if you don't lay the blanket just so on them, they will get out, go out, and the whole process has to start over again. I know what that's like because that's what Newt. Newt. Oh my God. Newt. Yeah. If he, she wants she to be, has stayed with me many a she time. She wants to be under the blanket, like, no matter what. And I know she could do it by herself, because I've seen her do it, but she won't, because I'm sitting there. And so she'll just, she'll just stand there and stare at you but then, for as long as it takes for you, you to do it. But if you lift it, and she goes under it, and she's not satisfied with how that feels Sometimes, yeah. There, she comes back out. She'll come back out. And she or, just stares at or you. Or sometimes you'll put her like under, a, and she is satisfied for about 20 minutes, and then she'll come back out. And stare at you again. She wants you to solve the riddle of what it is that she's looking for. There's no for, solution to the riddle. And but she harasses you. She stands in front of you, and you're like, what? And then she kind of jumps back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> it's so annoying, I swear to God. Like, I'll be she home all day, like, Danny. watching TV whatever, and I'll count, like, the max is, like, 15 times that she does that. It's... You can you can put a cuddle bed out. You can put it doesn't matter how many. I'll have ten blankets on the couch. Doesn't matter because she she wants you to do it. She doesn't. I know, but I don't understand what she wants. She wants you to put her under a blanket and put, do it the right way. Right, do it the right way. <laughs> but I don't know what the right you way is. You have to be able to read their mind and talk to them. So like he needs to be able to talk Italian Greyhound to her. Danny talks Chihuahua fluently. I still haven't solved the riddle. The the I talked to her. I said, "Go lay down." <laughs> That's 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 about the only talking that solves that problem. But all, right. all my dogs know what "gully down" means. Danny just says, "Oh, special! You're being fussy, special. Why are you so fussy?" <laughs> Man, I don't have any of these problems. Poor Danny. You know what? He knows I threw him under the bus on the air, but it sounds to me like there you need to be thrown under the bus for what's happening at your house right now because my mind's a little blown because I didn't know any of this. Party in I the potty. I have I'm heard s- this riffraff. I'm still on party in the potty. We've had party in the potty for, <laughs> for years. It's well, the first time in my life I've ever heard you know party, in, party the potty? in the potty started. So, like our second chihuahua, Danny was in the bathroom 
in the bathroom doing things that you do in the bathroom. And Everybody so poops. like boxers were it's there devotional. on the floor, you know. And the chihuahua went and got in the boxers and curled up. <laughs> and that started party in the potty. Now, they don't do that anymore, but that did happen. <laughs> but how he came up with party in the potty. Devotional. It is a party, and it's in the I'm potty, so. about that. Devotional. I think that's some pooping. No. No, that's like he reads the Bible, he prays. Oh, he's you know? a, oh, it's a, okay. So it's well, really that's not a party. A, that's church in the uh, potty. I, I, no, he doesn't do that in the pot. That goes on in the living room before party in the potty. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought so we're, it's church and, and then party coffee. in the potty. You uh, church is all done. Now it's time for party. Okay, I've never heard that term before. I thought, we're, I thought we were making something up with the dogs, but yeah. I, okay. I thought that was like that was like a porcelain throne and like it's. I see. I just can't stop Daryl from getting on my couch now. Anytime I leave, he's just going to hop up there. Because he gets that from staying at Jessica's house? Yeah, that's probably part of it. And then, like, you know, sometimes you'll have somebody come over, and he's just, like, immediately looking to sucker somebody. Pam. Where, like, yeah, Pam. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if someone lets him on the couch, it's, it's, like, over for a month. You know, he just thinks he can be up there all the time. So. I would let Daryl on the – I mean, I he, I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like whatever Daryl would want, I would give him. <laughs> if it's the couch, then so be it. Yeah. He tests everyone, too. You come over, and you're sitting on the couch, and you start petting Daryl. He just slowly slinks forward. The foot comes up, and another foot. What about this? And then he looks around to what where I am. What about this? <laughs> if I'm not around, he's going right up. Yeah. And if I just look at him and go, Daryl, he's just like, ooh. I, think he's down there. <clears throat> I don't well, know how knows. you keep him off the couch when you're not home. I, that's what I'm saying. I just came home and there's like slobber and <laughs> evidence. Hair. He's all excited. And then that chair in the, in the study too. He's, he's going to hop up on that all the time now too. So it's like, ugh. there's like, it's just hard to correct. Cause I'm not there. And unless I have one of those like cameras, I'd look in and be like, get off the couch on the microphone. <laughs> I can sit that up for you. I just, I don't want a camera in my house for that. So. Will you take will you take that sweater off of her? She's a little hot. Oh, Bessie. Yeah, I'm off the table. in there because of like slobber and It's gross. Yeah. It's 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 coated in Daryl hair right now. Just coated. I have to vacuum that off and then I have to wipe down the whole couch. And I don't want to do that every single darn day, you know. Maybe he needs like his own sofa like what your mom has in her bedroom. No, he doesn't. Maybe he just needs to knock <laughs> it on the couch. He's got dog beds all over the floor. Yeah, he has $1,500 worth of dog beds <laughs> everywhere, which he doesn't use, and he'd rather lay on the floor. And so. But look at Wes's dogs. So, like, they want to be on that sofa and look out the window and watch what's happening in the world. True. Yeah. Nope. They also all just want to be on it because I'm there, and all my dogs, except for Diggity Dog, like, they would sit on top of me if they could. So there's always like a contestation for space around me to sit. And it's usually only the littles, but now I have Marco and he wants to be there too, but he'll step on them because he's not smart and has no idea how big he is. I have that. I have that. I have that thing for space, but it's not with all of them. Thankfully. Who wants you? Levon, George, Bessie, and Kitty. They're all right here. And Tater's always right here. Yeah. It's uh, Levon. Uh, Levon would prefer that if I had a papoose pouch and I could just carry him everywhere I go. <laughs> that would make Levon. That's very what Newt would want. Bessie would like that too. Yeah. Remember when Bubbubs was so little you could carry her? Mm. 
Remember like that time week? you picked her up and you had to go in the ambulance? <laughs> remember oh, that? Do you remember that? All I know is I looked at her and I thought, she has no shoes on. They didn't send any shoes. She has no shoes on? Who's going to no take her on? some shoes? But boy, she has her purse sitting in her lap. It looked like there goes Mamma to the hospital. There goes Mamma. Somebody must have put my purse in my lap because, like, from my insurance card, probably because I don't remember. Maybe that. Kurt put it on there. I remember. I remember Jessica saying, like, how many firemen was it? And I said, I, all I remember is their shoes. All I remember is seeing their feet in my bedroom, standing there with their shoes, because you know you're like out of it. You're incapacitated. Yeah. yeah. I thought she big, had no big, bra on big and no shoes. fireman shoes in my. I don't even remember what they put me in. Did they put me in? Did they put me on a stretcher? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. put. They, that's what they do with Amy. They put because I remember when I fell because whatever. But the only thing I remember that is being on a stretcher inside the ranch. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> that's all I remember from that. We've but all yeah, ridden in an ambulance. Good times. Not me. Yep. It's no fun. It's kind of fun. I've always thought, though, like, what if you had an emergency? It's always bothered me. Like, I've stressed about it in my life, thinking what would happen with my if I need to call 911 for an ambulance for some reason in my home, and maybe whomever's having an event, how do I secure my dogs so that the they can get in the house? Yeah. And I thought, do I, I've literally, like, stressed over the fact, do I care for whoever's having the event? Or do I quickly go try to put these dogs up so that the people can get in the house? I've had that thought. I yeah. wonder, what do you do? Because your dogs don't listen to you? <laughs> I think it, like, we don't have a lot of people in our home. Well, yeah. they're going to get frightened by, you know, people coming in that are banging things, a stretcher. Here well, comes yeah. the firemen with their big yeah. boots. And, and I know? don't want, like, our Boston Terrier has run out before and done a giblet you know nip the pull man on the butt you know would they do that i don't mm -hmm. know you know in a, in a situation like that so i've kind of always stressed and and thought about that well kirk called 911 and i'm pretty sure he put all the dogs in my bathroom i think he just all ushered them all into my bathroom and shut the door because they're right there with me i mean b wouldn't b was not she was the last one because b was on top of me she was so she's not having it. I mean, she's just not having what's going on here. She was on me every step of the way. Like when I woke up, I mean, and I woke up in the bathroom and I'm on my belly because apparently I was crawling across the floor and I have something really heavy on my shoulders. It's B. It's, not helping it's B. <laughs> she's helping you. She's like, you need to get you, up. Whatever you're doing, stop it. <laughs> So yeah, securing your dogs is an important thing. Well, I thought but about But ima imagine if you're imagine if you're incapacitated at home alone and you can get to the phone and dial 911, but now there's your dogs and you can't you can't situate them. I know what happened I'm in my sure house. These, I'm sure these guys have encountered something like this before, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I don't know, you know, you know, sometimes you call an ambulance like that and there's like there could be like 6 to 8 dudes that like show up. And they're, you know, I want to say there. I want to say there, sure the there were at closed. least four or five that were well, in. Well, I were just in my thought room. about that too. Like if if I was a fireman and I'm going into a house, like we've got a storm door and a front door, 
and I need to take someone in and out, well, I'm going to secure that door wide open so that I can do this. Well, then what happens to my chihuahuas? They run out into the night right. and they're gone. Right. And, yeah. You know. And they have to deal with that probably all the time. I wonder if everyone's got dogs. For that or well, I imagine some of the guys are going to be more dog-like guys. Like, they're going to say, let me try to see if I can call them outside or, you know, something to try to get them into a separate room to get them out of the way. Or and are they friendly or that kind of thing? in Because a lot of dogs would not be friendly. You know, they even, would fr- even normally, like you would think, friendly dogs. Like, it's a strange man in your house. What's right. he doing there? Why? Right. Daryl would not be friendly. Yeah. Well, on the, in the summer, Danny and I were coming <coughs> home from the grocery store. We we're in the car together, and we turned off the main road to go into our neighborhood. And all I'm driving, Danny's in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden I look over to the road, and I see this lady sprawled out on the sidewalk, like she's in a prone position, out like this, and I pass her. And I see that her dog, like an old man beagle, is like way ahead of her and the leash is down. I said, Oh, geez. I said, Something's wrong. And so I flip the car around and I go back and she's crying and laying there. And <coughs> I said, We got to call them. She couldn't get up. So we called 911. I told Danny, You stay with her. I went and got her dog and got a hold of him because it was on a road where he could get run over. Yeah. And I said, where's, I asked the lady, I'm like, where's your house? And she points over. And so I take her dog and I go walk to her house, ring the doorbell. Her husband comes, he puts the dog inside. He comes, ambulance come, the whole, but there she was laying. So yeah. same situation, yeah. you know, something happens. So she just tripped over the sidewalk. And depending on the dog, that dog could have been long gone. Yeah. But this you was know? like, he's old, you know, he wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. But anyway, I thought of that and stressed. See dog be in the woods. <laughs> See, you would. <laughs> you go right out that door, right past whoever scary man is there. Boof, he gone. Would have even looked back. He'd be like, "Dude, you land on that door." Going on an adventure. <laughs> yeah. He might stop and smell their shoes, but then he's out of here. Gone. You got, got, you got, you got, you got it. No. Oh, yeah. oh, go. You have any cinnamon rolls? <laughs> oh Lord, pop pop. Your ears are all wet again. Terrible business. All right. Well, we're going to chat about littermate syndrome. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't covered this topic before, but maybe we haven't. I don't think we have. Because it's a... <coughs> there's a lot to this topic. There's a lot. There's a lot of education that needs to happen with people about this topic because they... Well, like I I, well on, on the post that I made today about those two girls that have that and we need to separate them so they can grow and stuff like there's a lot of comments like oh you know it's sad it's and i get to throw my favorite word around anthropomorphize like it's not the same for dogs and they need that to grow but a lot of the comments like there were people explaining to the other people like what no no no, like this is what needs to happen for dogs and so i was i was really like encouraged by the comments that came after those comments that were explaining it to them people like, that did know yeah people that did know the thing I, the the first thing that i want to say about it <clears throat> because this is important is this doesn't happen to every litter mate that's, that well, grows up together no and, way and that's what i want you to like because emphasize have, because emphasize we this. adopt puppies out together right, you can't make <clears throat> blanket statements about, about anything, anything that has yeah. to do with dogs. So even though we do yeah. <laughs> i think you just have to be careful and know that Every dog in every situation, we're going to look at that individually and yes. go from there. So just preface everything by saying, this is not every because bit of the time. every dog is an individual. 
with an individual personality. And so traits, are the, uh, so are the adopters. The families are as well. Exactly. So, you know, when you make a decision about purchasing or rescuing two litter mates together, and if you're just a person who doesn't have any idea what you're looking at or who they are, and the people who are adopting or selling those two litter mates to you don't either, then don't do it. Because, you know, you can have two puppies who are like B, let's say. Let's say B and Peggy. The two of them together are litter mates. They're both confident dogs. Both, neither one of them has fears, anxiety, apprehensions. They're just solid dogs and they were like that as puppies and they're like that as adults but now you take a dog like jolene her lit her lit her sisters are a good example of the variances of the litter mates so you have nana's who's completely confident she has no concern she has no fear no shyness and you have Mildred, who's the, a middle-of-the-road dog. She has a little bit of, of, when she comes to the ranch, she has a little bit of concern. Completely normal dog. And then you have Jolene, who is apprehensive and shy and worried. So now, if, if you had Jolene, who had a sister just like her, and the thing that makes it worse is that they get adopted later in life, like Chili and Ruby. Yeah. They were 16 <laughs> weeks old by the time they went to this person's home. They were the last two left of the litter, so they're just the longest where it's just... just that there's just the two of them, them together. Of course, we don't know the breeder of, like, you know, what it is they're doing, but... or Were they just outside? <clears throat> were they, you know, was this guy, like, a backyard breeder, and here's these two pups that don't sell? They're both shy. They're both... Mm-hmm. Neither one of them have any social skills. And so then are they just in a backyard where they don't have any experiences? They don't get to meet new people. They don't get to meet anything. There's no human leadership at all. Nothing. You know. So it's just those two shy brains, like Jolene, those two shy brains that have nothing but to intertwine with each other. And now, and now you try to take them from that and put them in a home, which is what happened. They're four months old. They've been purchased by this family. And they take them home, and they do this with each other, and nothing changes it. Nothing changes it. The people don't know how to fix it. They just bought two sisters. Sounds good to, like, the public, you know? And mentally, what's happening with those two dogs is that, yeah, you had these two sisters. They grew up together, and now they're... They're naturally very shy and nervous dogs. That's just who they are mentally. That's who they were when they came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now they're... they were born that way. People need to understand. Yeah. Like yeah. Jolene, she was born that way. Yeah, that's who she is. Yeah, it's my job. You see me at the ranch. She goes out to the yard. She's underneath my chair. She, you're going to be out here with forty dogs. That's what's going to happen. Now you have to figure out how to expand your horizons. Let her meet new people. Let her meet new mm-hmm. dogs, and try to help her along. Let her be scared at times. <laughs> Give her some reassurance, and just keep leading on. Right. Just, just, just let Don't her coddle that let behavior. Her think about that and deal with it all on her own. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, what's what's happening mentally is you know those those two dogs are just in that in a new scary sp- space. 
all they have is the two of them. I don't know in that new home how much human leadership was giving. I, I would I would assume not a lot because uh, he had no idea what he was even looking at. He just thought he had two scared dogs and just couldn't do anything with them. Right. So, um, but they're just they just all they have is just holding on to each other. There's no other outlet in their lives. There's no real other dogs. There's no real other people, and so they just with all that fear and being in a new place, they just figure it out together as one, as one brain, as one brain. Um, because <laughs> even when I was shooting pictures of them, you, you can't get a photograph of one of those dogs alone. Without the other, yeah. They're just always right by each other's side, right by each other's side in the pond, right by each other's side. They're going to balk at other dogs if they're scared. They're both doing the same exact thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a mirror image. You right. Know, so, and, see, and that makes people sad because they think the only place they feel safe and have security is with each other. Mm-hmm. And they're right. They're right about that. But they don't feel safe and secure in the world. They don't feel safe and secure at all so, mentally. No. So, so the, the grabbing on to each other is you'd look at it and, and go, oh, they get comfort by that. But it's just, it's because they're so afraid of the world. Mm-hmm. There's some security there that's completely unhealthy. Yeah. It's not like them being together makes them confident and secure in the world. Like, no, it, yeah, they're, they're never confident. It's the, o- the only little tiny bit of security they get is by being together and they never grow and mature enough to have security anywhere else and in their life will. at all. They yeah. never will. They never will. Until you remove them from that. Mm-hmm. And that's what people have a hard time grasping. But these, these dogs have no chance unless you separate them. Yeah, because they, they just, they will not progress. No. Um, they're, they're, they will be, if they're together, they will always be forever stuck in that mindset. Right. You, can't, you can't get two dogs that are basically sharing a brain to be normal. Because it's not normal to begin with. Right. Um, it's not coming from a place of... It's it's coming from a place of just just reaction and just and just fear, you know. And yeah, you say like makes people some people feel sad to like separate them, and it's like it makes me feel sad to just see that. You yeah. know, I want to fix it as soon as possible. Right. And the first step is. Yeah. I, I see. I'm I'm like you. I have the opposite thing. I watch yeah. them move in unison, and that makes me sad. Yeah. yeah. It's sad <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I know that they can't function. Their their brain cannot. Function no. without the and other. they never will. It not only it not only <laughs> cannot progress, it will only regress. And you kind of start seeing that at the ranch too, where yeah. it's like they're not dealing with things in a, in a constructive way because right. they've done if that. They for... get, if they get fearful or overwhelmed by like another dog doing something not necessarily wrong, their reaction is bark away. Oh, yeah. That's that's they that's that's, that's all yeah. they have. Show they, their teeth a little bit. Uh, bark at they, them. They won't they won't interact because they know they're. They, they, they at least have some some power when it's just the two of them, but you'll never get them to like actually deal with something constructively. It's just reactionary, reactionary. Yeah. And that type of erratic mindset, once again, it can't progress, but it'll only regress. And acting out, acting out, acting out, act out bigger. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that in a balanced pack. Eventually, the pack is going to be like, hey, you know what? You're crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interact with you anymore. And then it can get to the point where you keep overcorrecting with the crazy sister brain now once once that imbalance is just keeps going is and is in not checked you could have an aggressive moment there yeah. so um so yeah the first thing you need to do is so these people had them since the time they were 16 weeks old these girls just turned two and it sounded like from talking to them and this is i want to go back to 
we had a lot of questions about, hey, we've seen you guys adopt litter mates together. Uh-huh. So I want to go back. I mean, I, I do want to address that, and I want to talk about that. But from me talking to this gentleman, you know, and it's no fault just because they don't have the knowledge to right. do what's necessary. Super the, sweet guy. The yeah. general public doesn't have that knowledge. Um, they had them a lot in the backyard together. They're big dogs. They enjoy being outside, you know. Right I under- in the backyard and moving in unison. I understand yeah. that. But <clears throat> I also know from our experience in adopting eight-week-old litter mates together to a very strong pack leader, and I know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And one of the probably the best examples of that are the two little corgi boys that we adopted to um, a retired couple. They travel the United States. They're going to national parks all the time. They hike all the time. They have a home, I think, in the Bahamas. So they're going across. So these two boys were well socialized and were led by strong leaders from eight weeks. Right. They saw lots of people. They were out. They were doing things. They were, you know, um, being taught from that tiny age. So they don't have the litter mate syndrome but they had strong pack leaders right and it's worked very well um i think you have to you know we this have some the, rescues who say i will i will never yeah adopt litter mates together well i hate to like that'd be like us saying we're never ever going to adopt to someone in an apartment we're never going to adopt to someone who has small children or it's like at the ranch where you have how about a guy who works on the oil line and and <laughs> examines pipelines that we talk to dog to him he yeah. doesn't even have a home well we don't have breed restrictions on dogs at the ranch for the same reason because every dog is because they're all individuals individual. this is an all an individual thing this so is what you we're... just have to look at things <clears> and then make the best decision that you can and what your gut tells you and what the people are telling you and knowing everything that you know. Right. So for example, you could have a home that's a fantastic home. Let's say it's like two retired people. They will live a very quiet life. They don't do a lot of things. They're, people don't come to the house. They just want a little dog for companionship. Now you can take a home like that and you can put two litter mates into that home and those dogs... It's not a healthy setting because they're not going to have the socialization you're talking about where they're out in the world, they're traveling, they're walking, they're, they're pack walks, they're hiking, they're flying to the Bahamas, they're doing, they're just in their home where it's just them and they don't have the outside world. That's not a healthy thing for two litter mates to grow up together because they need, they need to get out in the world. And I'll say this about Bordeaux till I'm blue in the face. <clears throat> Anybody who wants this breed, the first thing that I say to you as a puppy is you need to socialize that puppy. You need to socialize it from the get-go, which is the thing that I was pushed back on with Jolene was because of the distemper. Right. And Be- that was it was a horrible situation. Right. Because Jen girls. doesn't keep puppies in a room. Mm-hmm. Where they don't ever come out. She takes them outside. She, you know, they're they're moving about. They meet other dogs. They, do, you know, all the things that those puppies didn't get to do because of distemper. So I was already behind the eight ball with her. Yeah, you're a little <laughs> behind, but it's not like, in my opinion, the significance of that is like, you know, ten percent out of like a hundred. Right. It it's, didn't, it's, it, it's 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 very very small. Right. It because I I just I just don't like people like. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to socialize your dog, but something like that happens and it's like, 
it's a little stunted. This dog was always this dog, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, and you can, you can help them as much as possible. What's I always say, like turning the volume up and down on, right. on these things, but this, it's, it's always still there, yeah. you know? So I don't think it's like that significant. It's a little, it's, it has, but there, then, there's a but, little bit but to then it. Let's but look at Jolene, for example, <laughs> coming from where she was raised with Jen. And let's say she goes into a home where there's no other dogs and it's just a quiet retired couple. And Jolene grows up in that house because the the pack that your dog comes to live with has an influence on them. Huge. Versus and 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 what their life is. Jolene goes to work. She goes to work with me. She's got lots of dogs that are uh, role models for her. So th- that's what I'm saying about the criteria of what home it goes to and and who the dog is. Mm-hmm. You know, it it matters. It matters a lot. And when it comes to like placing litter mates, you have to take all of that into consideration. Yeah. Also looking at who is the puppy? Who are those puppies? Because a lot of puppies that we place, they're not eight weeks old. They're a little older than that, especially aged out pups that we get from the auction. Some of them are litter mates and they're four months old. They're five months old. You know, we get a better look at who they are. Like we would have seen with Chili and Ruby, if we had met them at 16 weeks old, we would have known you're in trouble here. Yeah. yeah. You're, in, you're in big yeah. trouble here. Well, you, you would be able to tell immediately because they would be doing the same stuff that they're doing now, really, but, right. just, but just at 16 Just as, as puppies. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just had two Frenchie puppies in the rescue, and they were like fireballs together, the two little boys. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird, but I had an adopter near Austin who wanted both puppies together and I had an adopter in Georgia who wanted both boys together Mm -hmm. and I saw both boys together and I thought there's no way this is a good idea and so it was so weird one went to Austin one went to Georgia and they were separated they're both doing great yeah but again you just we looked at that situation and Mm -hmm. realized you know as sweet and as great as they are yeah. Having WWE SmackDown. At, at <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's funny because it's like you know you can like a, you know so, somebody it gets in their minds like that's what I want. I want these two boys. I want brothers. And you tell them no, and they can get like really mad at you. Yes. But, but man, if you were to time travel on that one, it's like you don't want that. Yeah. yeah. You don't want two little fireball boys living together, and and they're their only role model. They're they're constantly dogs that are going to constantly play and rah, rah, rah like that, and where they just get more and more used to it and keep pushing the envelope. Unless it has, unless it's a really strong home, you know, those, those, those are, they're just going to battle constantly. It's going to be annoying. I mean, who wants that where these guys are just going, they're just going at 10, you know, don't even think about the house breaking, but yeah, you know, when you're house breaking a pup and you've got two of them, you don't even know which pup, peed on the floor which pup was it that pooped on the floor Mm -hmm. because when you have one you know that you you failed with this pup and why because you didn't get this pup out soon enough worse well worse than that with potty training it's like well who peed here you can't tell because yeah someone peed here but then someone peed again right (laughs) because you got to pee over your pee you know so who started it yeah you know you can if that can get out of control and then you may catch one doing at one time, it's 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 just too much, guys. You don't want that. But having we, having we, two we puppies at, at this, it, having put two puppies at the same time is just not something that I ever want. Nope. Raising one puppy is enough work 
that I don't ever want to add to that. I don't even want a puppy. <laughs> a lot of people don't want yeah. a puppy. But then some people do, and then some people's lifestyle, like especially right now, we see a lot of people that have gone to a work from home. Yeah, and I think COVID. they're staying there. I think yeah. they're staying there. They're too. staying there. And so you've got the husband, you've got the wife. Maybe you've got an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 14-year-old. All right, so basically you have five adults. Well, and you're all there in the home. Mm -hmm. So you've got the hands yep. that if you really want this, and some people do. Like, mm -hmm. you've got all ends of the spectrum. I never want a puppy. I only want an older dog. Mm -hmm. Or, no, I really, I want to raise my puppy from, you know. So I just have to listen to what they want mm -hmm. and then look at the dog and see if I think, okay, this is a good fit. Mm -hmm. And if I ever don't feel like, I'm 100% on what I'm seeing, then what do I do? I just pick up the phone and I call you mm -hmm. and I say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm thinking. And then uh, you weigh in mm -hmm. and we discuss, Right. hey, let's either, no, I agree with you. I think this is a great fit or it's not going to hurt anything. Why don't we try this and let's see if it's a good fit or you know, I'm really, th I have some concerns and you're like, I do too. And I'm like, okay, I just needed to hear that. And then we go on. But yeah. we do put thought into yep. each situation and not all the time on the page. Are we able to go into the detail of, hey, what was the complete thought process that went into right. this placement? Well, yeah, it's not like you can explain like each and every case. It's like, well, I got this home and this home and then describe those parameters and then you just basically just upset somebody even more because you know exactly like you know because every dog that's adopted usually some at least one other or a couple other people or sometimes a hundred other people applied for that dog too and people get their feelings and hurt. they yeah. do and i always feel really really bad because and i've said this probably because they weren't picked they feel rejected exactly and yeah. I, I never never <laughs> want that and a lot of the times if i have time to explain when i'm talking to someone over the phone and i'll say this again for anybody new that's listening to us that maybe hasn't listened to earlier podcasts you know i want the people that adopt from us for it to be a wonderful experience for their family i want them to enjoy the puppy that they've gotten from us I want them to have a relationship with us and to come back and adopt from us two, three, four times over the years so that they know the puppy they're getting from us or the dog they're getting from us, what kind of vetting, what kind of thought process that we've been transparent with them. You know, I just want it to be a wonderful experience. I want it to be a great fit. And then I want the same thing for the dog. Yeah. And so just trying to find that perfect balance. You know, I am always listening to the fact that we have people that have applied sometimes five and six times yeah. over the years. And it just, it just hasn't lined up at that time. Right. I just had a lady who she's probably, she's a great home and she's applied maybe five times in the past year. And it just wasn't the time. And I finally found a dog that was going to be a good fit for her. And then we ended up with the local placement and I had to go back to her and say, I do really want to work with you. This just kind of lined up and I think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And she understood and we'll try again later. But anyway, back to the, the uh, littermate syndrome thing is the thought process that goes into it is not just this willy nilly, yeah. willy nilly or a blanket statement of we'll never consider it. Right. We just want to look at it and be mindful of what the pitfalls could be. And, um, 
who the puppies are, who, who the, the adopters are, are the, how the, how that's what's their life going to look like, what kind of what kind of lifestyle do they do they lead? All of that is weighed out. It's all weighed out. It's not, oh, let's pick this person. They want two puppies here. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's ne- it's never like that. Never is it like that. I and mean, and those two those two Bordeaux's, the Chili and the Ruby, it's a seller. So. And I, I can I can tell you right now that it's a seller who doesn't give a shit who he he's selling to move them, them to. He wants to move <laughs> the puppies. Yeah. And he and and you can't raise puppies and not know that there's an issue with those two sisters that are bonded together. Well, yes, you can. But <laughs> yeah. but, actually, but, yeah. but see the people coming in, the unsuspecting public who doesn't know better, looks at that and goes, "Oh, that's cute. Those sisters love each other." Yeah. Right. The unsuspecting public exactly. that does not yeah. have the knowledge right. of what could happen if you don't do the right things from a very early age or start to make corrections. Mm-hmm. You know what? I just don't think. I mean, I want to zoom into that time frame where they take those two puppies home and they don't have the experience or the knowledge to deal with it. There, there isn't any fixing that. Even in, even in my home, it would be difficult because they because they for four months they have done this together. Yeah. Now to to have them in the same home, could I make them better? Mm. That's what I'm that's saying. A, that's yeah. It's a tall well, order. your that's a tall... home your home will be different because you have fourteen other role models. Right. You would have the best shot at it. Still a tall order. The more the more dogs you have, the better. Even right. though it sounds like just chaos. But it's true. <laughs> but it's true. It is true. Um, but because the pack has an influence. You know, and there's a lot of them. So there's then, a lot of behavior that they can model that they right. can learn yeah. how to be I, dogs. I, I try and I, I'll, I'll take that scenario and just put it to my house and see if and, and think that if I could work with that. And you know what? Mm-mm. I just don't think it, so. It wouldn't work. It's too late. Well, t- t- tell everybody <clears throat> what we're doing again, right now. <clears throat> so with, the plan is chili. this is what we'll this is what we'll do. So I, you know, I we had the two girls for, I don't know, four days or so. So now I want feedback from the girls at the ranch. Like, what are you guys seeing? What are you seeing with them? So, and like Trav said, they they move in unison. They move in unison Join together. At the but what, got, what we wanted to see is, will they, will other dogs have any influence on one of them? Will one of them like go, I'm going to go walk over there with those dogs right there. Am I, I'm going to separate from my sister a little bit because that looks interesting or those dogs look interesting. We wanted to see, are they able to think for themselves and perhaps try and venture out? Mm-hmm. But they didn't. And that's the worst case scenario, is that they don't. It's not the worst case scenario for littermate syndrome, but it's, it's, it, it, it tells you immediately in just those couple of days. And once again, you're at the ranch. There's 20 other brand new dogs. There's eight other new people. You're in a completely new space. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things that you have the opportunity to think about to make or choices. seek out to, or make to make choices. Yeah. There's so many, there's a variety of choices that you're, that you're allotted to make. Right. That and the dogs, that the dogs are given the opportunity to make. Correct. And after a couple of days, you see that they're not going to be making those choices if they're, if they're together. They and, choose and, no. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but and back to just the real quick point, it's not a worse case because I tried this a couple of times where it's like, I'll just put one in a den and leave one loose or I'll put one outside and I'll put one inside. The worst case scenario of littermate syndrome is those dogs will lose their minds if they're separated. Right. And we don't have that. Okay. You separate them and they just go 
they they actually you could see them just start thinking start to think start thinking and processing things on their own right they don't like flail for each other like oh, start i've seen that before we've seen that before and that's, too that's that's that I think is is like the worst. Yeah. Your dog's gonna start getting destructive. It's gonna freak out. It's gonna scratch at your door. It's gonna try and escape to get back to the other one, and right. the other one's digging, doing it too. scratching, biting, yeah. that kind of. But thing. these girls, you separate them <clears throat> just in that environment, and even though they can't see each other, you're in like different rooms or sections of the ranch to where you can't see or smell your sister, mm-hmm. and they just kind of stop and sit and look around and start thinking. The, and that's and, and that's what we're looking that's for. That's what the, I'm looking that's for the you goal. for you to think. Right. And how do we achieve that? Right. Take one out. It just has to so, be done. So what the question was that I posed to everybody at the ranch is what do you see from each of them? Which one of them would benefit more from going into a foster home? So what they said was and that Ruby has a tiny bit more confidence, and that's a joke to even say that because she has no confidence. <laughs> yeah. So on a scale of one to a hundred, she has one percent confidence, and Chili has none. Yeah. So Chili is behind Ruby, mm-hmm. like this. Like let Ruby do the thinking for that one percent of the time, and then when dogs come near, she she gets really nervous because you're coming into her circle with her and her sister, and she lashes at them. Yeah. <laughs> Barks at them to get away. Because yeah, show her teeth times. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because anytime where it's it, <clears throat> even like I said, you have a you have an array of, of choices or things to look at at the ranch, but they don't. And even when one even comes to them, they both reject it. Yeah. Yes. You come in to smell me. Rah! Both yeah. of them reject, reject. We're not going to process anything. Anytime something is scary or new, go away. Rah! Rah. We're scared. Stay, yeah. Yeah. stay away from yeah. us. We're huddled. Stay and that, away. And that's why we say there can be no progression there. Right. <clears throat> so for anybody looking in and saying that it's sad to separate that, you have to examine that and go, what good is it doing? Sad not yeah. to separate them. What good is that doing? Because, because they'll never have a life. They'll never have a life where they can be normal or live normally. <clears throat> so... <coughs> with the discussion of what we see with Ruby with 1% confidence and Chili with 0% confidence is we're going to pull Chili out and put her in a foster home. We're going to put her in Anna's home who had Abraham. She's, de- she's dealt with this kind of stuff before. Mm-hmm. And I, I, ch- I chatted with her this morning on what, cause she's like, you know, what should the protocol be? And I said, these girls won't walk on a leash. They won't move. They won't move on a leash. We're gonna have to. They need to be separated first of all, and then maybe we can work on that. <clears throat> but I, I told her what she's doing that she bluffs. So I said, I want you to just take her into your home, and I just want you to leave her be. Just, just, just leave her be. Just observe and yep. report. And and that's right. And just let her take it in. If she wants to go sit in the corner and just look at everything, just let her. I said, if she shows her teeth or growls at anybody, just ignore her. Just ignore and just let her just be. And then what we're looking for, for a dog like that, is at what point does she step forward? Mm-hmm. What point does she come out of the corner and go, hmm, what is, that? what is that? Because now she can think and make some choices. And these are minute steps, minute, because she doesn't have that sister with her anymore. Slash appendage, which reinforcing is that basically what it other. is. It's an appendage <clears throat> that that gives her the uh, the mis- misconception that she has 
solidarity with something that's stronger well, that's to only make her feel safer, but there's nothing there. Yeah. With each other is that's the only place that I feel safe. That and it's it's a tiny, tenuous grasp on feeling safe, but that's all they have and that's all they know. Right. And they don't know how to get that feeling any other way in the world around them. And, and, to, and to get past that, yeah, it's gonna be very small incremental steps. Very small. And the foster just needs to report what they see or what kind of issues pop up if they can advance or not and then we'll have to now re-examine based on all the different information of other dogs reactions what's your home like setting what's your routine how does it deal with that how does it deal with that and then just create an entirely tailored process mm -hmm. to that and go okay so if this happens we do this if that happens we do this let's see if we can Move this along, or vice, you know, because one of the first things is going to be the leash. We have to desensitize the, the leash exactly. to them. Exactly. Um, because they're not light. <laughs> right. So, um, <clears throat> you need to be able to walk your dog on a leash. They need to be able to think about and deal with that. But first things first, and those small little steps, we just, we just need to know what the dog's going to do exactly. in this environment. And you know what? Best case scenario, you separate these dogs. You put Chili in a home over there at Anna's house. She said, she goes, you know, we've got, she goes, she has like some relatives there that are men because they're going to be building a fence. Mm -hmm. Going to be, I said, oh, you know what? You just behave normally. You live your lives normally. These people are in the house. They're building stuff. They're doing stuff. Deal with it. Yeah. Just deal with it. Doesn't, I'd prefer it. I'd prefer there's more activity in the house as opposed to it being quiet and, but you know what's she gonna do? She in the corner over there, and then here comes a, a couple of Anna's dogs, and, and she Giblet just and, is there. and Giblet is there. So Giblet and Giblet's a confident Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. So Giblet is gonna be there. Is she gonna see Giblet and go? I'll follow you. I'm just gonna follow you. Yeah. Will she do that? I don't know. That's the goal. You hope that she takes a role model who has a mind, who has their own thoughts, and goes, "Come on with me." And of the similar breed, you know, where it's. You know, dogs can can sometimes not. I wouldn't say they recognize their own breed. But oh, they, I do. But I they, know but you they, and I disagree on but that. But they can they can recognize a a, a specific type of energy that that comes along with that breed, or, or specific behaviors that come along with that breed, and see some kind of familiarity with that. But um, and yeah, it'll it'll just be interesting to see because yeah, at this point we can only our only thing is like we can make this move, and then we need more information for the next move. Yep. Yep. And with that, Ruby will stay at the ranch. So she'll have to make choices there. She doesn't have that sister anymore, and she's got that 1% confidence. So what's she going to do? Yeah. Are you going to venture out and go, I'm just going to follow that other pack out? Because, you know, they're used to following a dog. Mm -hmm. So you're going to choose somebody at the ranch and go, oh, I'm just going to follow you. I'm just going to, you know, what are they going to do? We have to give them the opportunity to make their own choices. I bet she's going to... <clears throat> Do a lot of sitting and observing. Yeah. Just, just like your typical scared, unsocialized dog. Right. I mean, because she's basically, we're going to just hit the reset button here. Right. So, and that's what they do when when, when, when they are in that situation. But, you know, you, you, I look at so many, so many, let's just talk about Bordeaux. So many Bordeaux that we, you know, put into the classification of a feral bear. And we've had a lot of them. You know, we had Thelma, who was probably the, the most... We had candy corn, we had witchy poo, we had panda bear. Remember panda bear? Yep. yep. You know she comes back as a guest now, and we had sun bear. Remember sun yeah. bear? These dogs would not move on a leash. Witchy poo. Witchy. I mean, and they're like, and they're, 
you know, a dog like Panda Bear, she's like four or five years old. She's not a two year, uh, just a, just turned two. Yeah. This is ingrained in her for years and years now. Of I'm t- I'm terrified. Kisses and her brother Cupid. Yeah. Jessica took Cupid home to foster him. We know what we're doing here yeah. <laughs> with advancing these dogs, and and the goal is that these girls are younger than that. Yeah, they both just turned two years old. Yeah. And so Gimlet over in Anna's home, we've had her two months, and she's four years old. Right. So she's a good role model. She's yeah. a very good role model for this dog to, Mm-mm. you know, look at that dog and go, ooh, you know, maybe I can be more like you. And we don't want her to suck her fish onto Giblet. We don't want that. It won't happen. But but typically a dog that has confidence won't allow that. Correct. Because because you because you're bugging me. Yeah. You like get too close and do that kind of thing. Well, it's kind of like a human. A human wants a friend. A human does not want a friend to glom on to them. Exactly. And suck all because of their a, because you don't want the uh, single white female or anything. <laughs> <laughs> because a because a dog that's insecure doing that to a dog that has confidence is unbalanced behavior. Yep. Right. Yeah. Goes right down to square one. Yeah. Of yep. you're going to get corrected for that. Yeah. yeah. You go over there and be a normal dog. And that's what these that's what these girls need. That's what they that's what they need more than anything. And it just goes back to what is best for the dog. Absolutely. I mean, we say this with any problem that we have is we're going to look at what's best for them. And they were they were brought in. We needed to assess and see was it going to be what we thought it was. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it was. Yeah. And so, okay, if it is now, what do we want to do? Right. I'm just glad it wasn't that worst case because you know the there there could be that worst case where you can't separate them. Yeah, they are tough, but man, I've had way more feral where it's like you can hardly touch them. These I, these dogs will kind of come to you. They are food motivated. You said they like um, cheese. They love they love <laughs> cheese. I heard they like cheese. Yeah. Um, you know, I can I can I can approach them and pet them. Um, Because I've had dogs that are just gonna just run away like a coyote. So I I I see even though it's 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 kind of heartbreaking their condition. But when what I saw when I just worked with them for a couple days, it's like, man, I have so many avenues. I have so much ammunition. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna do. You're gonna do. You know, you're not gonna just run away from me, feral. You dump your anal glands and screech and run and pee yourself. Yeah. Or you know, or I try and feed you and you look at it like it's a bowl of rocks. I can't motivate you with any food at all. Yeah, completely any, any, shut down. Yeah, anytime I touch you, you're just shaking and yes. just want you, you. That's not even a sign of comfort at all. No, this they like affection, food motivated. I can approach. You can approach carefully. And hey, sometimes these girls will. If if I do approach, they'll do like a little balk, but that's mm-hmm. fine. That's just fear based stuff, mm-hmm. and they both do it. Mm-hmm. Once again, that's one thing that's happening because they're both together in unison. In, yeah, yeah, it'll be in, you know interesting to see what happens when we separate. Yeah. But but I know now that when I do separate, I have this avenue. I have this avenue. I have this avenue in order Ways to, to in order them. to bring bring you out. Yeah. Uh, with once again with with some other incredibly shy or shut down dogs that was it was way harder yeah and so i was glad it wasn't like a double negative to where it's like littermate syndrome and this no it's like we have we have these behaviors because of littermate syndrome so let's once again first thing to do and then and once again we'll just we're going to do that and then observe and report and see what works what doesn't that works more of that and and that's what I told Anna. I said, you're going to take her. You're going to ignore her. 
You're going to report to us what you see. She's and she's fantastic at documenting. She's fantastic mm-hmm. at fo- at photos and videos and posting yeah. on the volunteer page. She's fantastic. She was my first go-to of, you know, if I could send one of these dogs to a and a she's a, she's very excited because she likes to have new experiences with fosters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she started out, she had Abraham and we were apprehensive, we were scared. Mm-hmm. You know, and she did a great a great job with getting him acclimated into mm-hmm. their lives and yeah. you know then she'd never had a frenchie before mm-hmm. and she wanted to foster a frenchie and she got that in and you know then she had several <laughs> other successful fosters and the last time she texted me and she said you know hey uh rainy the german she had rainy she had cloudy the standard poodle right they went on and i said well how would you like to try a bear and she said oh i'd like to try a bear for the next one and mm-hmm. so she had said that and i told your mom, I'm like, hey, you know, Anna says, and so when these girls presented, you know, the first thought would be, let's try this mm-hmm. and let's see. Yeah. Because Anna's worked with, I, I always hate to use the word feral, but anytime a dog. I do too. I don't. I, I wish we had another term for it, you know, because it's. Well, well, you, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to relate to the public that the the severity the significance of the it. severity of the situation good. but yeah the word is kind of strong because people will hear that and think that you can't fix it yeah you know um i don't know it's just abnormal behaviors <clears throat> that can be fixed and there's a there's work required it's they're psychologically yeah. damaged and, yeah. and, so, and we have to see how much of that we work can required. undo i mean yeah. <laughs> you do have to work at everything but yeah these are a little more a little more tricky mm-hmm. it's not an overnight and not an overnight no, fix. No. no. And we need for people to understand that it's got, they're a project. I, I, a project well, is, that, a, is and, a big word, but you're rescuing a dog. This is a project. It's not something that's going to be a 24 or a 48 or a seven day or maybe even a month fix. It's a long term. And, and the thing that I always say is it's, it's your job to take these dogs to be the best that they can be. And that might not be a normal dog. It might not be a normal dog. It's it's going to be the best the dog can be. Like Panda Bear. Maggie, I think is her name when she comes mm-hmm. now. You know, she's still frightened of us, but she but you know what? She knows the routine of the ranch now. Mm-hmm. She goes in and out the door. She comes in, it's time to eat. She knows to get into a den. Yeah. She goes out there to that pond. Nowhere lo- near of, 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 of where of where we started with Nowhere that dog. near. Yeah. But you're not normal. She's not normal. She doesn't approach you and wag her tail. No. That's always the thing that I, I like to emphasize to people. Because, you know, when we have dogs that are psychologically damaged like this and they have people say they want to adopt a dog like that, that's the thing that I always want to say to people is this dog will not approach you and wag their tail. Because people envision having a dog that you own that loves you that they'll come up to you and they wag their tail. Yeah. Some of these dogs will never do that. And some of them, they will. It'll just take like just take, a year. It might take a year. It might take two years. Yeah. But you know, when with Anna, for example, with Abraham, because he was a tough little nut to crack. Very tough. And But you know, within within weeks, he's asleep on the end of her bed. He's sleeping next to her on, on the top couch. Of her head. On, on top of her head. You know, because this is a dog that he would never come to us for affection. He would never approach us. But we always kind of knew that with Abraham because he's going to be incredibly fearful. But once you close that gap, yes, it's just about getting to him. Yeah. About let if 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 I can touch you, then I I have you. Right. But making that happen is can be difficult. It reminds me of 
you know, when a dog is, a, is out on the run, the dog has, has gotten lost or run away and mm-hmm. you're trying to catch that dog. It's a, it's, there's, there's that space between you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and you can't reach in at the wrong time. Yeah. It, it, you get like two feet away and you kind of reach and they go. Eh. Exactly. Reach, uh, but once you bridge that gap and you do snag that dog, you'll see them melt. Yeah. Because now it's like, oh, because yeah. that's that gap is insecurity and they're not safe. Well, it's a it's a it, the, <clears throat> they're, they're in a they're in a flight mindset. Right. <clears throat> Where a dog like Abraham has lived like that for years. Yes. Yeah. years of being in and and a dog like panda bear she has been a mill mama with no human connection so you're just kind of scary you know that you're what do you want mm-hmm. like what do you want yeah because they they live solo in their minds well and they have scars yes and this is one of the you know i frequently have to give analogies of different situations that are maybe a human situation so that the person can understand and um, relate and relate to a dog situation. So I sometimes do that about dogs that are fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, I give my station wagon analogy that I've told y'all before about the kids fighting in the back seat. (laughs) That's my favorite one to do because it's, you know, people can identify with that. It's funny and informative. (laughs) My other analogy that I use about mill dogs or other dogs that have been through a trauma is like humans. You all of humans are different when they go through a tragedy or a trauma. Mm-hmm. Some are very resilient and will come out on the other side and be bouncy and go on with their lives and have no scars. Others are going to come out of it. They're scarred for life and they're only going to get to a certain point and they're going to wear that scar yeah. and it will just be with them for their life. Mm-hmm. There's not really a way to predict who's going to be scarred and who's not going to be scarred and who's going to come you know, yeah. dogs are just like humans where this is what, you know, you're going to get to a point and they'll either be um, without a scar and be happy and you won't have anything. Or, or it may be somebody like Witchy Poo, the Bordeaux, who lives out in California, who's made great strides and was even going to family barbecues, you know, over the summer. But she still has a, that little bit mm-hmm. that's always going to be there. Right. Um, and we can't always predict at the time of how adoption, far they'll get how much more progress they're going to make at a home sometimes they make so much progress that we're floored and we can't even exactly. believe it's the same dog yeah. exactly. you know what as a matter of fact i would even venture to say maybe 85 percent of the dogs make that much more progress in the home yeah i think we're down to like a small percentage of dogs that are just deeply scarred and don't progress in their home, it's very. I mean, there's very few that the dogs that come to mind. For, I, mean, I always go back to Thelma, but uh, you know, the I chat with Laura periodically by email, and Thelma has kidney failure now, but and she's you know not going to be around too much longer. But you know, that dog follows her around the house. You know, she follows her around the house. She goes into the bathroom. She comes in the bathroom with her. I would never think that that dog would do that. No, nope. I would never think that she would get to that point. But she does, mm-hmm. you know, she just does. I was talking to the woman who owns Panda Bear slash Maggie, and she does, she's doing the same. She follows her around. She takes mm-hmm. her for walks. She goes, she goes for walks in the neighborhood. A dog, we couldn't hardly get her up to, like, move on a leash. That's crazy. You know, she's trotting along. But she still doesn't wag her tail. Yeah. She still doesn't wag her tail. Because some dogs, and I don't think some dogs ever will, because that, jo- that they don't even make the connection. 
of like the joy that they feel to their tail. It's very strange, mm-hmm. you know, but once but again, she's obviously happy in her home. Right. And she's happy when she comes back to the ranch. That yeah. dog loves the waterfall. Yeah. Head makes a head, head beeline straight for that you waterfall. You never know that was the same dog that we yeah. had. But I love that when people, because you mentioned two specific dogs where I know that their owners fell in love with them here at the ranch. That would be Laura falling in love with Thelma at the Lone Star Dog Ranch. Yeah. And Megan Sarver, who fell in love with Panda Bear Bear at the Sanctuary as a volunteer. So I really, really, really love people. It, It makes me tear up a little bit. That can pick it pick up on something with the dog and make a connection to a dog that needs to be rescued, needs that love, and then has the patience and the time and the commitment to build that bond with yep. the dog. I mean, that is just it's the just, most it's rewarding just, It's thing. just rescue at its finest. And that's what I always say to them. You're not just adopting, you're rescuing. Right. That's what you're, you know, you're yeah. doing. And it's kind of like what we're dealing with with Storm right now. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone who wants to help come alongside us and rescue this dog yeah. who's lived a life of hell. And, you know, we're going to find that right person. Right. That right person is there. They're going to see him. They're going to have the time and want to take this on. I frequently get people who will say, I have a really soft spot soft spot in my heart for a senior dog, mm-hmm. a dog that's had a hard life. And I just want to give them, you know, the remaining few years what they have left you know a wonderful place yeah and they're looking for that so <clears throat> you know when you can find a home for a, i mean sanford I have a dog like sanford you know to find a home the right home for that dog is a challenge you know yeah. it's a challenge and that's why i think it took us eight months to find a yeah, home a for that time. dog yeah it's a long time because once again he's not he's not the kind of dog who I would have thought would ever be like wagging his tail and loving his family, but he did become that he dog. He liked toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was see, a junkyard dog who liked toast. Yeah. But Travis is the one who demonstrated to us that that dog could love a person. Oh yeah. Because he loved Travis. He loved him. Like you were in the burn pile outside the fence line. He would be at the fence line, like mm-hmm. hanging where Travis was. You know, so you, so we get glimpses of it. So you know it's there. We know yeah. it's there, and I know that it's going to intensify if he goes into a home right with home. that person. Because once again, like like Abraham, <clears throat> Sanford had that had that fear. It was just it was just being able to close that, that gap. Some, <clears throat> it got to the point in, in the early stages where yeah, you, I can see him kind of start following me, mm-hmm. but it's it, I can't like turn around and be like, hey buddy, and I could pet him. He's always going to move away, right? But if I can get you on leash, then you see a different side where he he knows that like okay, you know he's got me and he's yep. not going to do anything. Yeah. But it's just that that apprehension before closing the gap. That's that's what kind of you know would, would and make he it lived as a stray. But basically the the the. the the point was, though, if you if you get that dog in a house, and Abraham was the same way with that threshold. Well, we're we're closing, closing the gap. We're, we're closing him into a, to a more confined space. And it's closed space. all the time. Also, he has other dog role models in the home too. Yeah. that are already established the routine in the human. They don't they don't show any fear of the humans in the home. Mm-hmm. He'll pick up on that behavior. 
the gap will be closed already. Not all the way, but closed way more. It's yeah. way smaller than like the ranch. Yeah. You know, remember catching Sanford at the end of the day? Good times. <laughs> you know, we need like three people. Yeah. <clears throat> For months. But I have a big, I, we have a big yard. Yeah. So big the yard, gap bigger is large. space. Yeah. yeah. It's a large gap. And he's also really smart and he knows all the doors and, you know, he figured all that out quick. So basically, yeah, being able to confine the space more, that's, that's what really helps yeah. with, with a dog like that. Yeah. So, and, it'll, and it, it, it'll help in the foster home too, you know? So. Right. I can't wait to see what happens with Chili move to Anna's. I mean, that'll be exciting to see the progress that she makes because, there's yet to have been a dog that hasn't gone to her home. She works from home. Um, she's there. She and, and They don't have children, so her time and energy is, she's able to devote it to the dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> she's really good at it. And likewise, which we have discussed many times in a podcast, is with Ruby staying behind at the ranch, how far can we get with her knowing that we don't have that closed yeah. environment? And we and th- and there's many times that like with Abraham, like with Joe Eddie, that we have to go. Yeah, Joe Eddie. This this dog needs to now move out of the ranch. Yeah, we've reached the move limit into of our capabilities home. here. Yeah. <clears throat> and if we and when we get to that point, it's going to be Amy PK's where I'm going to be sitting. Well, yeah. that. <laughs> <And> you, <laughs> <right> Amy. <laughs> talk about Brown and Serve. So we have Brown and Serve, the pup, who went to foster Christy. You know, Christy has little Wyatt. She has her husband Rick. Mm-hmm. And Brown and Serve went there, and you know Rick's a big guy, and she she was thought a f- he was a scary man. Mm-hmm. He's a scary man. And, and we she- get a video last night, and here's Brown and Serve. She shimmied up to his chair, and all he's petting her, scratching her, and all of a sudden she thinks, "Oh, I might like her, my rump scratch." She turns so her she butt to him. Her rump mm-hmm. to him, and there he is over there scratching her. You know, she's yeah. like, "Oh, you're not too scary to scratch my rump." And now she sleeps in their bed in between the two of them. Oh wow! <laughs> Party in the bed. <laughs> it's a good. That's good progress, but I can see that. You know. Well, she's a little bit of a challenge mm. because. When Christy first took her home, she put her in a crate and she busted right out of that. Oh. Well, so Christy had COVID, and then we, you know, we felt bad, poor Christy. So you well, and we just lost Gina. You just lost so Gina. she was devastated, and she's like, "I just need a bear. I just need a so, bear to hug." And Renee's like, "I'm." You're like, I'm just going to get in the car and I'll take her a bear. But then we had Ricky, <laughs> Ricky say, you know, I'll go take her a bear. So we get Christy all masked up, and Ricky takes her a bear, and then all of a sudden I come down with COVID. So here we are in Texas. There are no tests to be had anywhere. So I'm out there like looking for a test. So poor Christy, she's at her house. She lives about 12 miles away from me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I've got COVID, but I've got two tests at my house. So here she comes. She pulls up. Everywhere she goes, she takes brown and serve with her. (laughs) She's bringing me my test, and here's brown and serve. Coming to my house because she has separation anxiety. And Christy was having to go get in. Here again in Texas, we have like I'm sure other places across the United States, but like these three hour long lines yes, to try to get, to a get test. like a PCR test for COVID. Well, Christy, I needed just the at home test to figure out am I sick or not sick. Mm-hmm. Well, Christy already knew she was sick and she wanted a PCR test for Wyatt, and so she couldn't leave Brown and serve at home. So the whole family goes in the three <laughs> hour line. There's Brownie in the back of the car waiting for three hours for a PCR test. And she was not stressed in that car because she was happy. Right. But see, now with all of that information, we have to find the right home for that dog. 
And right, and so sometimes somebody will apply for a dog and they'll say, um, you know, I'm gone 10 hours a day and my other dog is out all the time, this or that. And then I'll have a dog that's like been home all the time with Trish. And I'll just say, hey, this is where she's doing really good. This is what it's looked like. And so I'm going to try to look for that situation for her yeah, right. again. And so I'll go back to that family and say, I don't think this is a fit because she's doing really well with this. And yeah. so I kind of want the same thing. And they totally understand. Because, yeah, you're conditioning a dog to be, in, to be in one space and to get so far. But you can't just take it to a home where and everything's dramatically different. Right. I mean, and it's, it's and just, now it's just she not has to be crated for six <clears> hours a day. It's, it's not going to work. Out. work. Yeah, it's just not, not going to work. work so, so my question, see, then, then, I, then I'm speaking to these fosters, and my question to Christy is, can you leave Brown and serve in the house and you're not home? Can you leave her? Is she going to eat your dining room? What, is she going to eat the blinds down looking for you out the window? What's she, what's she going to do? And she's like, well, you know, we've gone outside to like play basketball with her and Wyatt. They're outside playing basketball and brown and brownie's okay in the house okay. she's okay so and, that's, and that's what you do you do those little five little ten minutes of that yeah until you can stretch that you know mm -hmm. can you run to the grocery store can mm -hmm. you because we have to see what she can do because we know that she's not going to do well going to home where she's be created six hours a day well and that yeah. she's two so she just turned to she just she's not even one no, she's not yeah so these puppies that we have the bordeaux puppies that we have well yeah. they're about a year old so they're not a lot different than Ruby and Chili. I mean, because our puppies have spent the first year of their life at a mill. Right. So they haven't had a family experience. So have we tried to go straight from the sanctuary to a home without having gone through Christy? It I mean, it so, might not have ended well. Know, it, 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 it could have worked out, but once again, the odds of it are, you know... Because we and might not have seen every situation. We've got, she was doing fine at the sanctuary. Yeah. We weren't seeing any signs of separation anxiety. Because she hadn't or, had a person directly to bond to. Right. Yeah. So yeah. then you, then you can see what happens with that. Now, stuffing at the ranch, she's just very naughty. She's a very, very naughty girl. She's mm. into trouble all the time, pulling stuff out, dragging stuff out, leashes, blankets, whatever she can get. She's all pup. Mm -hmm. She's just all pup. Yeah. Well, and that's the same thing with, like, Vogue the English bulldog. Mm -hmm. So we had a volunteer who was um, interested in adopting Vogue. She'd seen her at the sanctuary. She had transported her. And this um, volunteer, I've seen her home and it's gorgeous. I use the word museum quality. I mean, it just looked lovely. And I went back to her and I said, hmm, I said, after talking with Millie, I'm not sure Vogue's going to be. Because Millie's like, this dog is on. Uh, she's uh, on the coffee table. No, she's oh. trying to get up on the dining room. On the dining, dining room, room table. Time. Yeah. She's slinging her water through the house, and she's drooling it's... on everything. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because our volunteer said, you know, she's so calm. I said, oh, I think she's rambunctious. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, w I wouldn't have known that had she not gone to Millie's because she was a different dog. Yeah. You know. At the sanctuary. Yep. I mean, we've only had two or three that I know of that try to get up on the table and do things. The what? The girl who went to California. A bulldog? Oh, the Frenchie. Yes. What was her name? Not Etta James. Not um, Patty. Patty, Patty LaBelle. LaBelle. Yeah. Patty LaBelle. Hilarious Got dog. Got up there and, and then, you know, and Frog Just pee Boy on, it. on the no. table and then now Vogue. Yeah. But Millie does say someone would be very lucky to get Vogue because she's very, very sweet. 
She's passed the cat test. She corrects nicely. She's just young and got beans. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just all about conditioning boundaries. That would be fine. Yeah. Well, I'm glad How's your cookie? <laughs> that cookie is the best. I ate like three of them. It's it's the best cookie you've ever made. And three I, of them? I've been around you a long time mm. making cookies. And well, that's a bold statement. Oh, I know. If you, had, if you had three of them, that means I get to take those home. You can take those home. I, I already got, ate three of them, I got so more I'm good. Downstairs. Danny's just going to be so happy when I arrive home with these. <laughs> be which, which, in what the you need to do is you need another, another bag and another plate, and you take one inside and be like here's the here's your cookie here's the, no here's the cookie yeah <laughs> well, so and you can stash the other ones in your car listen yep. what i tried to do to christopher i tried here's to mean, trick him mean <laughs> so danny had taken so when wes had brought me the first batch of cookies and they were like whoo they had so much coffee i mean danny my husband coffee. loves coffee yeah he thought they were right on banging. Love those coffee. <laughs> Love those cookies. Well, then the next batch I got had less coffee. So Danny put the strong coffee at the bottom of the bucket and put that on the top. And so you had to like reach in and clever and deception. So we were down to like a few cookies and, and Christopher said, Well, could I have the cookie? I said, Christopher, I don't think you're gonna like that. It's got coffee in it. <laughs> and he said, Well, I had one. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and he didn't care. <laughs> he wanted the Duh. cookie. So I had to let him have it. <laughs> well, you take him some of those home. And you better share those. I try to, but you know, Danny's really bad. <laughs> he is really bad. He is, he well, is sure, really bad. Well, sure, just because he's not here. <laughs> well, I'm going to take my cookies home then. All right. You, she needs to make you some to take on your vacation. Yeah. yeah. You need Did to you make, make him some to take with him? Well, he's not leaving until Friday. Yeah, you need to make me a lot of cookies. Yeah, you make him like 24 of them or something. You need to take that with you. That would be a lot of fun when y'all are doing puzzles. Yeah. Well, I'm going to eat those, and then you can make <laughs> yeah, me some fresh. Make some more those. after those. Yeah. <laughs> make some ice cream sandwiches. Ooh. Yeah. And some deviled eggs. I need some chili. Yeah, where's deviled the deviled eggs? eggs? I need you to make me some chili, too. This is what he does. This is what he does. Deviled eggs, just chili. Once you do fresh cookies says. of all different kinds. Yeah, that's it. So that's not a lot. It's just a couple of things. Ask for the world. No. Yeah. Seriously. All right, guys. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye.